Babylonians. I don't know why I said it like that. Hello. I can't breathe out of my right nostril, so welcome Sorry. to this episode of Bloody Babbles Podcast. Hey, so we still only have one microphone, because we might need a new computer. We're not sure. I'm starting to look into them, because you know we're supposed to get stimulated by our president again soon. Hell, yeah. blessed in the butthole. <laughs> <laughs> so we were doing a sound check, because we have to do that, you know, y'all, because... It only took us 42 episodes to figure it out, and this is, I think, episode 44. Hold okay. on. No, this is, like, it. episode 39. This <laughs> is only taking us forward. We're going to end up deleting episodes, <laughs> because why not? Nope, this is episode 44. Hey. Hope you guys enjoyed Dennis Nielsen, that guy last week. He was a fucking nightmare. Yeah. I had... I didn't have some pleasant dreams. Um, on a different note, we don't have any new countries yet. No, you were explaining the Bless Me in the Butthole. Yeah, this is what... Are you still doing it? Okay. I don't really know what's happening right okay. now. I'm just going to cover everything. Okay. But no, um... I, everything about I, the butthole? Everything about <laughs> the butthole. The butthole. <laughs> oh my god. No, we were we were just sound checking, and I don't even know what I said, but... This that was, was what she said, guys. I know what she said. She said, bless me in the butthole, because she was frustrated. <laughs> I was getting mad. I was going to call it motherfucking bitch. So, we've got all these really fun sound clips of us just testing out our bad microphones before that we had and then obviously this much better one because I feel like we're much clearer. I haven't gotten any feedback on it yet. So if you guys could let us know, that'd be fucking awesome. Yeah, feedback, y'all. Feedback on our feedback. Yeah. Um, we do have a guest. Her name is Zoe and she's laying on the couch being the best dog. She's amazing. I love her so much. She's the mother of my doggie. Yes. Well, one of my three. She's my... Sister of my other one. Huh. Yes. Yes. Not blood sisters, not dog sisters. Dog sisters. We're just, we're those kind of people. <laughs> but, um, yeah. So, yeah, bless you in the butthole. So that's going to be... <laughs> that's the name we of the need, We're going to need this after this story today. This <laughs> oh, story is maybe. was requested to me by my um father. His name Thank is... Thank you, Don. Donalda. <laughs> so, <laughs> I'm fine. I'm feeling a little woozy. Um, She's yeah. feeling more pregnant every day. <sighs> every day. I got to feel him today. It was pretty awesome. Mm. Little Babylonian. He's pretty, he's pretty great. I don't know if you guys remember. Did I? No, I already told, I think I told the story about how I didn't get to tell Vince the name. And you ruined it for me. Yeah, because I'm a horrible sister, guys. I'm just a horrible person. She has around. a hard time keeping anything from my brother because they actually have a really solid relationship. <laughs> Can't relate. Anyways. Hence, <laughs> <laughs> I'm the baby's dad. That's why she's the baby's dad. Yeah. that's we're, we're, They're like, where are y'all from again? We are from Kansas. <laughs> I live in Kansas. I ain't from. Well, that's fair. All right. You've been here long enough. As I say, I ain't from. I ain't. I ain't from here. <laughs> I ain't from these here parts. <laughs> You're making it worse. Oh my gosh, I'm not pregnant, and yet I'm unbuttoning my pants. Um, she's sympathizing with me. Yep. I'm wearing pregnancy leggings. Um, anyways, now that makes me think of whenever I went and my aunt Bernie um lives in Washington State. I love her, and I miss her. Yes, me too. I tell her that all the time. Every time she snaps me, snaps me. I'm fine. And um. When I went to visit her and meet all her, she's a year younger than me, and um, I went to her high school with her back when I was 19, so this is almost 10 years ago, because I'll be 28 in May, but um, 
I, they were all, I met all her friends and they were like, why don't you have an accent? I'm like, what do you mean? Mm-hmm. And they're like, you sound like us. Like, you don't have an accent. I'm like, do y'all think I was going to talk like this? <laughs> I'm like, I'm from the Midwest. I'm not from down South. Mm-hmm. Granted, I do love Southern accents. So if you guys think I'm making fun of you, I am not. But people from Kansas don't typically sound like that. Well, it, no, no, it's, yeah, it's hit or miss. Yeah. There are well, some then that sometimes, do. like, well, down, I think down closer to maybe Oklahoma, because Oklahomans have really cool Hello, accents. Hello, Rachel has an accent. She's from around here. Does she? Yeah. I need to hear Shout Rachel. out to Rachel Mabesti. We're going to make so many people listen to this episode just because yeah. we're talking about And Therese is also my bestie, but she doesn't have an accent. Sorry, Reese. <laughs> <laughs> She's absolutely gorgeous. Oh and, my I love God, her. I love her. and her kids, I must steal them all. Anyways, um, yeah, there's gonna be a lot of snot sounds because it's been real dry in our parts. These here parts over here. But no, people thought I would like pe- when I first moved here. I've, I've moved here and then away and then here again. Um, told me that I have a Californian accent, and to me, when somebody says I could tell you're from California or you sound like you're from California. Is that like- I think, really, do I sound like, dude, what's up? Because that's I think, what I okay, think, so or I Valley think, Girl. I was going to say, I was like, I think Valley Girl. Because then, well, then my cousin Jessica's lived out there forever. Mm-hmm. Right. And she still has her Wisconsin accent. Mm-hmm. And I said it right, because sometimes I catch, I get a northern accent more than anything. Cause Vince my parents, does, too. Yeah. And, well, and I love it when my mom, <laughs> see? My mom <laughs> does it. See? There it is. Yep. But my dad's from Wisconsin. My mom's from Illinois. And so, like, people would... Or she, I remember learning how to say Oregon, because that's how my mom says it, but then people get real mad, and they're like, no, it's Oregon. Mm-hmm. I know the morbid girls got a lot of heat for that. Okay, but... the, your mom's word that drives me insane, yet I love it, hammock. Hammock? I'm going to put up the hammock, and I'm like, it's a hammock. <laughs> <laughs> hammock? Why do you really put such emphasis on that O there? <laughs> Want some cool whip? Cool whip? <laughs> that's all I think of when you say, when you, why you put so much emphasis on the H? <laughs> I love that episode. Sponsor us, Seth McFarland. Thanks. We love you. Kid, love you. Thanks. Um, now that we've babbled, because um, this is what we do, guys. If you don't like it, I mean, we've talked about like saying, hey, skip to this. We should just do it, Nicole. We used to, when, when we, you know what? Kid, know what? One day it'll happen. If you guys start hounding us, that's what it's going to take. Yep. You need to hound us and say, you know what? Maybe I want to skip that long-ass intro you guys do and listen to the seven minutes of the actual story. And we can tell you in those seven minutes. I promise it's more than seven minutes. You know that. There's a lot of dudes out there like, seven minutes? Fuck that. (laughs) (laughs) Or a lot of girls like, only seven minutes? And I'm like, get it done in three. I want to go to bed. I'm like, just make me come. (laughs) (laughs) This took a whole nother story. Coming soon. (laughs) Did you see what I did there? I love it. As Nicole, and, your dad. Nicole Sorry, and Sean is sex talk. Yeah, my dad has to work in the morning. Oh my god! One, yeah, one, yeah. He has. Yeah, like he has okay, so my dad is a medical driver. He takes people to their doctor's appointments. Um, typically, like we're in Kansas, so he goes to Wichita a lot for surgeries and stuff. So that's why he has to leave at one a.m. tomorrow. I know, isn't she so cute? Mm-hmm. But anyways. Um, I broke the bed upstairs that Peyton was sleeping in. I heard. Yeah. told me. Yeah. No, actually, Arlo said something, and I'm all wet, and your mom's like, let me tell you a little story. Yeah, let me tell you a little ditty. But she said, you didn't do it. It was broken before. It's been broken before. And I'm like, I literally, because my nephew was home from college this past weekend, um, and my dog (laughs) just almost threw up. (laughs) I have to tell you a story, too. Her throwing up. Okay, finish your story, and then I have to tell you a story. Sorry, Babylonians. We're babbling like crazy. I just died a little. (laughs) 
I really thought she was going to puke. I was Same. getting real stressed. Um, I was about to throw... I've got bread box... Or, not a, rubber pat, pee, oh, feet pads. <laughs> feet pads. <laughs> but yeah, I went to... Well, Peyton was here this weekend, and I went and like... I didn't jump on the bed, but I did run, and I got onto it pretty aggressively. <laughs> I, did I didn't... I like ran, and I like laid the side in, and I, I... You don't run! <laughs> I don't run, but I did run into the room. Kay. I did. It was, ten, it was five steps, guys. And I went and I put my arm around him and then I patted his face with my other hand. I was like, my little penis home. Ran and jumped on the bed with him then. But no, it took me trying to cuddle my sleepy, crabby child. And all of a sudden the whole bed just goes boom, boom, boom. <laughs> <laughs> it scared the fuck out of me. I would have spiraled into depression immediately. <laughs> it was like, damn, girl. I haven't even gained any weight with this pregnancy as of yet. I think I may have now because fuck. I'm finally able to... Well, that's not true. I puked last night <sighs> at work. Yeah, spaghetti was not on my side. Yeah, last night was a doozy. I had to download Photoshop to one computer that it wasn't on there 45 minutes before our um, drawings were supposed to start at my job. Yeah, that oh. was fun. And then I ripped a giant hole in the big-ass crotch crotchal region of my pants, so I had to staple my pants. Now I have a rash because I'm allergic to metal, so that happened, and then I threw up. So, you know, last night was a great night for me. Can I tell you about my last night? Is this about vomit? Yeah. I'm, I'm stoked. Okay, so... Xander was kind enough to decide, because Arlo was not all about watching the fights. Yes, never. And um, Xander, I, I told him, it's okay, if you want to watch the fights, we'll figure it out. You know, yeah, it's fine. Yeah, for sure. So, but he was totally, he, he wanted to see the final fight, the one with Israel. But anyway, so they were, Arlo and Xander stayed most of the time in our bedroom, watching movies or whatever. Doing the thing. And um, at one point, Arlo had to go to the bathroom and Xander went in there with him and um Arlo had to poop and Xander's like I'll go in there with him I can help him because it doesn't wipe well and Jeremy was like no I've got it right and I said that's good yeah daddy's got it right so then later they're both in the bathroom I'm all hey why are you both in the bathroom and Xander or Xander excuse me Arlo opens the door he goes Xander throw up like Everybody just started laughing, and I was like, thank you so much, buddy. I love the description. You were right on. I'll be right in there. And he, he had too much pie, I guess, but like... Well, yeah. That's, well, that's what it was with me. I, I had too much spaghetti, and I puked. But it was but, very, don't get mad. I'm taking care of my cousin. He... <laughs> and he told oh, Arlo-licious. He, he fake pukes all the time. And well, it, and he it ex- fake pukes very well. I know. The sound but effect ex- was on point. Yeah. He's exhausting. Oh my god. Goonies. <laughs> Sorry. They made it so like God. <laughs> Sorry, it's like my Oh my god, we're gonna make people throw up just by making that sound because some people get triggered by trigger warning. Yeah, whatever. So too late. Don't listen to our podcast if you're triggered that easily. Yeah. But we love you anyway. Yes we do, with all our butts. Okay, now we're gonna try now to we're get gonna, to the point. Okay. Now that we've literally had a over ten minute intro, you're welcome. Hello. Mm-hmm. Welcome to the ship show. Alright. The puke show. Maybe I'll I'll put just record us a little separate thing and be like, if you want to skip <laughs> to the actual case, we babbled for eleven minutes. <laughs> eleven thirty, start there. Okay. So actually, it'll, it'll be eleven fifteen. But <laughs> <Sorry. clears throat> so there's been a lot that's circulated around this guy I'm going to tell you about. He's pretty big. There's been a whole Netflix series about him. There's a whole bunch of different shows I'll talk about in the end. Um, but yeah, I don't know if you've ever heard of David Koresh. 
That sounds extremely familiar. Waco, Texas. Okay, yes. Yep. Um, he was actually born, his real name is Vernon Wayne Howell. Vernon Wayne. Vernon Wayne. All right. He was born August 17th, 1959. Well, can't have a baby that day. Um... <laughs> <laughs> well, you just jinxed yourself way too freaking You know, I ago. keep thinking of, it's going to be the 17th because Arlo was born the 17th. Well, all I keep thinking is, have your baby before I need to get Ethan into college and Peyton out of his dorm to into his apartment. Just do that. And let's not have it on the 11th so him and Draven have their own birthdays. <sighs> da dum dum Done. Okay, so now we... So, yeah. August 17th, 1959, he's born in Houston, Texas um, to a 14-year-old... You heard me right. She was 14. Oh, Her man. name was Bonnie Sue Clark. Um, she was born September 8, 1944, and she ended up dying January 23, 2009. I don't know how... I, I took these notes a while ago, y'all. Oh, I'm sorry, Texas, if I... I'm not trying I'm to mimic you. <laughs> I really love Southern accents, and then once I adopt it, I can't stop. It's all right. It's, um, it's easily attainable, for sure. So, before he was born, his father met another teenaged girl, because he's just on a roll here... Oh, I didn't say his dad's name. Bobby Wayne Howell. Okay, how old is his daddy? Um, he was born in 1939. And she was born when? Uh, 1944. Okay, so... So, he was born in 1959. So, his dad was 20, and his mom was 14. Gross. It's illegal. Literally was born of... But he stuck around with her after the baby was born? Nope. Okay, he met it. another teenage girl and abandoned Bonnie Sue. Um, so he, David Crush never ended up meeting his <clears throat> father, and his mother began cohabitating with a violent alcoholic. <coughs> I don't know if they ever mentioned his name. Okay, maybe they do. We'll just keep reading and find out together. Okay. Um, I'm reading off my phone because I printed off my notes, but did I bring them home from me with work from work? No, because why would I do that? <laughs> They're going to be on my desk and I'll have to shred them tomorrow. Shred. Oh, so in 1963, um, his mother leaves with her boyfriend and placed her four-year-old son in the care of his maternal grandmother, Erlene Clark. Okay. Or Erline. I think it's Erlene. His Erlene. mother. Erlene. Sorry. She was so mean. I don't really know. It just sounded good in my head. Fantastic. So his mother returned when he was seven years old, so she abandoned oh, him for three years. I'm going out to get some smokes. Three yeah. years later. Okay. Oh, time for me to leave. Bye, Arlo. Um, <laughs> <laughs> yeah. No, I can't live without that child. We all know. So she ends up getting married to this guy named, he was a carpenter named Roy Haldeman. Um, Bonnie Sue and Haldeman had a son together who they named Roger, and he was born in 1966. So these boys are 22 years apart. Wow. No, that's 1966. No, no, no I'm no. stupid. Her, his mom was born in 44. Okay, they're only seven years apart. I'm fine. I can math. I she can. literally just said he was seven. I totally took your word for it, and, and then I even thought, that doesn't... If no, his the mom in, was 22. Yeah, he was born in 68 yep. or something. <clears throat> yeah, 59. 59. Yep. So um, David described his early childhood as lonely due to part due to his part. Oh my God! Due to his poor study skills and dyslexia, oh. he was put in special ed classes and he had the nickname Vernie by his fellow students because his name, remember, started off as Vernon Wayne Howell. Um. Koresh ended up dropping out of high school, Garland High School, his junior year. When he was 19 years old, he had an illegal sexual relationship with a 15-year-old girl who became pregnant. Oh Wicked weird, considering that's like basically the same age his parents were when he was born. Oh. So, 
Um, he claimed to have become a born-again Christian in the Southern Baptist Church and soon joined his mother's church, the Seventh-day Ad- Seventh Adventist Church. My goodness. So there, Koresh became infatuated with the pastor's daughter, because, you know, that's good to do. And while praying for guidance, he opened his eyes and allegedly found the Bible open to the verse Isaiah thirty four sixteen, stating that, quote, none should want for her mate. None should want for her mate, okay? Convinced that this was a sign from God, Koresh approached the pastor and told him that God wanted him to have his daughter for a wife. The pastor threw him out, and when he continued to persist with the pers- pursuit of the daughter, he was expelled from the congregation. I don't know how... his daughter. Gross. I know. He's like, she's four. Oh, damn it, yeah, I don't know. Regardless, it's unsettling. Yeah. Yeah, um, I'm glad the church kicked somebody out. I'm glad he... I mean, I'm glad he got kicked out, but yeah. I'm like, I'm glad he didn't, like, do anything to her. Right. And, yes. and I mean, he went and asked for permission, but he's also 19 years old, so I'm assuming she's obviously a minor. Yeah. So, I mean, I guess it could have went worse. So, whatever. I, bleh, ugh, church, man. So, in 1981, Koresh ends up moving to Waco, Texas, where he joins the Branch Davidians, not to be confused with the original Davidian Seventh-day Adventist Church. They're different. It states it here in my notes because I took these a long time ago. Benjamin Roden, who I guess died in 1978, um, originated the branch group in 1955 with the new teachings that were not connected with the original Davidians. Okay. I know the story now. Okay. Uh, all right. Sorry. It's all boomy. coming back to me now. I haven't even... And I, I should have watched the show because obviously it's right up my alley, but I didn't. So if you've seen Waco on... Uh, Netflix, let us know what you thought of it. Um, Koresh liked to play his guitar. (laughs) He played guitar and sang in church, uh, sang in church services at the Mount Carmel Center, the sects, 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 there's a a, C-T. Yes, thank you. (laughs) Headquarters outside Waco. In 1983, um, Koresh, oh boy, here we go, began claiming the gift of prophecy, as one does. David Thibodeau, aha, you know how to say that, in his 1999 book called A Place Called Waco, speculated that he had a sexual relationship with Lois Roden, um, the widow of Benjamin Roden and leader of the cult, who who was then in her late 60s. Koresh eventually began to claim that God had chosen him to father a child with Lois. She was in her 60s. Can she? Lois! Sorry. Who would be the chosen one. Yeah. In 1983, Lois allowed Koresh to begin teaching his own message called the Serpent's Root. Yeah, serpent. Those are usually not good things in a Bible. I mean, I've read of enough of it to know that. Which caused controversy in the group. Lois's son, George, intended to be the group's next leader and considered Koresh an interloper. They didn't like that he was there. So, when Koresh announced that God had instructed him to marry <laughs> Rachel Jones, who then added Koresh to her name, mm-hmm. um, I don't know what, it didn't state when he changes his name, did it? No, it sure didn't. I'm fine. He may not have. Um, a period of calm ensued at the Mount Carmel Center, but it proved only temporary. In ensuing a power struggle, George Roden claimed to have the support of the majority of the cult. I'm pretty sure they probably didn't call it that. But anyways, that's what this says. Forcing Koresh and his group off the property at gunpoint. Koresh and around 25 followers set up camp at Palestine in Texas, 90 miles from Waco, where they lived under rough conditions in buses and tents for the next two years. So during this time, Koresh took 
undertook recruitment of new followers in California, the United Kingdom, Israel, and Australia. We got listeners there. Hi, guys. All there. Glad Hi. you're still alive. Hi. Glad you're... Hopefully you're not descendants of these people, because that would be... Or maybe if you are... That would be fascinating to know. Please tell me. Mm-hmm. That same year, he traveled to Israel, where he... Claimed he had a vision that he was the modern-day Cyrus. Oh, man. I know I looked up who Cyrus was when I was doing this, and I didn't add it in my notes like a moron. But anyways, um, the founder of the Davidian movement, uh, Victor Hotef? Hotef? Sure. Wanted to be God's implement of, and establish the Davidic, Davidic? Whatever. Kingdom in Palestine. Sorry if you're religious and I'm butchering these words. I barely can read my own name half the time. That's Koresh also wanted to be God's tool and set up the Davidic well, kingdom you in are Jerusalem. A fucking tool. So you got half of that, right? <laughs> At least until 1990, he believed the place of his martyrdom might be in Israel, but by 1991, he was convinced that his martyrdom would be in the United States instead of Israel. He said the prophecies of Daniel would be fulfilled in Waco and that the Mount Carmel Center was the Davidic king- kingdom. So, holy shit. Okay. So what I've Cyrus is the brightest star in the night sky. Ooh. Its name is delivered from the Greek word. Wow, it's totally in Greek, so I can't. Read it. Sirius, C E or S E I R I O S, glowing or scorching. The star is designated a Canis Morgis. What does uh-huh. that even mean? This is from Wikipedia. That sounds right. right. So basically, it's just a very bright, bright leading star. Star. I wonder if it's like that star that they said that guided the... Three wise men to yeah. Jesus when he was born? Yeah. Maybe. I wonder if that... Because I just Isn't thought that, that the was North the North star? star, so I don't know. Look well. at us kind of knowing things. <laughs> <laughs> I kind enough. of. I, I went right. enough to church That's to know I that. Have. So, I mean, Briefness. My, both my grandfathers are pastors, so it is what it is. My dad wanted to be a pastor. Or I a know. That was so surprising when I found that out. Yeah, especially if you guys know him now. Hey. I do know him now. <gasps> Weird. It's like you've been a part of our family for 12 years or something like that. Crazy. This girl. Oh, my God. Okay. So after being exiled to the Palestine camp, Koresh and his followers um, eked out a primitive existence. Lois died in 1986. Um, The exiled Branch Davidians wondered if they would ever be able to return to the Mount Carmel Center. But despite the displacement, um, Koresh now enjoyed the loyalty of the majority of the Branch Davidian community. By late 1987... Uh, so we backtracked a little. Um, Roden's support was in steep decline. To regain it, he challenged Koresh to a contest to raise the dead. Oh, God. Going as f- so far as to exhume a corpse to demonstrate his spiritual supremacy. Huh. Mm. Leave, let the dead see dead. Because they, you no. Know. Have you seen Pet Cemetery? No. I have. It's so good. So unsettling. <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> have you seen any zombie films? <laughs> it doesn't end well. Oh, my God. Babble time for a hot second. So, um, oh no, I, okay, phew, I lost my spot for a hot second. Um, there was a meme on Facebook I saw just a few days ago that said, please bury my hands with sock puppets on them. Oh, yes, because yes, 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 yes. if I crawl out of the ground when the apocalypse coming, it's going to be hilarious yeah, to I see put that. Yeah, I put it on our Facebook page. Okay, you did. <laughs> yeah, I shared it and then it was on the, so if you guys ever see on the Facebook page, that we are reacting to our own stuff. It's because Shauna posts things, and I don't know that she posts them because they just show up when I go on the page. And I'm like, oh, that's really funny. And I'm like, I'm going to laugh at this, but it doesn't let me post as myself. I, know, I love it, though. So I'm like, well, we're just actually really full of ourselves. I'm lying to you. So <laughs> you anyway. We both totally know what each other are doing at all times. Yes. 
That's the only page she has control over because I don't know how to share Instagram for information or um, Twitter. Also, so, I don't know how to Instagram or Twitter. So, so we'll just leave those to me because I'm, I'm okay at it. <laughs> <laughs> we have over 1,600 followers on Twitter now. It's hey, pretty fucking rad. Thank you, tweeters. Yes, we love you. We love you, beautiful tweet heads. Um, Crush actually went to authorities to file charges against Roden for illegally exhuming a corpse, but was told he would have to show proof, such as a photograph of the corpse. So, they challenge each other to dig this corpse up to try and prove, oh, you've got this prophetic blood in your veins, you should be able to Lazarus this shit. Because, oh, I do know a little, this, this got real religious for someone who's not religious. And that's in what that way I'm spiritual and we're not going to get into that because I'm not shoving my beliefs down your throat. This is just making me think things. You just said Lazarus. It's fine. <laughs> Lazarus. Yeah. Which that's just a crazy story. It's on, on its own. Oh yeah. Like, I'll to DC Comics. It's fine. <laughs> <laughs> so Chris uh, seized the opportunity to seek criminal, criminal prosecution of Roden by returning to Mount Carmel Center with seven armed followers, allegedly attempting to get photographic proof of the exhumation. Exhumation? Mm-hmm. Sure. Exhuming, Exhuming the body. body. Yeah, that's too much. <laughs> Why have they got to make it such a fancy word that I can't read or say? So, uh, Koresh's group was discovered by Rodin and a gunfight broke out. Pew pew! <laughs> <laughs> Sorry. That was brutal. Damn. <laughs> when, the, when the sheriff arrived, did they shoot the deputy? Sorry. Okay. <laughs> Sorry. I'm fine. <laughs> Roden had already suffered a minor gunshot wound and was pinned down behind a tree. As a result of the incident, Koresh and his followers were charged with attempted murder. At the trial, Koresh explained that he went to Mount Carmel Center to uncover the evidence of a criminal disturbance of a corpse by Roden. Koresh's followers were acquitted, and in his case, a mistrial was declared. I am having a really hard time breathing, because I want to breathe out of my nose, but half my nostril is stuffed. So... 1989, Roden ended up murdering Wayman Dale Adair with an axe blow to the skull after Adair stated his belief that he, Adair, was the true messiah. Ooh, so everybody's just challenging this guy. Roden was judged insane and confined to a psychiatric hospital at Big Spring, Texas. Since Roden owed, owed thousands of dollars in unpaid taxes on the Mount Carmel Center, Koresh and his followers were able to raise the money and reclaim the property. I mean, that's kind of nice. Why are you a good person in five... Okay, whatever. You're probably, you're still garbage. Roden continued to harass the Koresh faction by filing legal papers while imprisoned. Papers, my God. Um, while in prison, Koresh and his followers reclaimed the Mount Carmel Center. They discovered that tenants who had rented from Roden had left behind a meth lab. Oh which, my which Koresh reported to local police and asked to have it removed. Which I'm like, well, that's good. At least he didn't be like, uh-huh. Another way to make some monies. They did not Walter White it. So anyways, uh, Vernon Howell filled a petition in California State Superior Court in Pomona on May 15, 1990 to legally change his name for publicity and business purposes to David Koresh. There it is. On August 28, 1990, Judge Robert Martinez granted the petition. So I'm like, I wonder why he chose... Well, I mean, David, I get that because David was such a big character in the Bible, and he ended up being king. He killed that motherfucker with a rock, like, bam, bye, Goliath. Mm-hmm. So anyways, I'm fine. I know a lot more about the Bible than I'm, like, realizing, like, Jesus, Pete. Oh, there it is. Oh, okay, I'm going to keep reading. Crush is the biblical name of Cyrus the Great, a Persian king who is named a messiah for freeing the Jews during the Babylonian captivity. <laughs> 
<laughs> Every time I say that, someone's like, I can't think of, I can never not think of the Lady Gaga song, because I guess it's called Babylon. Oh. oh, there's a little Babylonian in this room now. Hi, Arlo, what are you doing? Hi, bug. No, I need phone, Mama. No, I need my phone right now. You can have it in a little bit, okay? No, Grandma's died. Oh, Grandma's died? You look so tired, homie. Mom. Yeah. No. You want to come listen? We're recording our podcast right now. You say hi? Say what's up, Babylonians? Oh, my phone screen went off. Okay. So, his first name, David, symbolized a lineage directly to the biblical King David for whom the new Messiah would descend. By the uh, by, taking the name of David Koresh, he was professing himself to be the spiritual descendant of King David, a mess... Oh my gosh. Mess- messianic figure carrying out a divinely commissioned errand. I have a lot of drool in my mouth. I'm drinking Pepsi today. So I've barely had any soda today. Go me. Arlo, please don't push those. Um, Koresh was alleged was alleged to have been involved in multiple Arlo, if you're incidents. Play with that, go in the other room, please. Yes, please. You can play with it in the other room, but just not while we're recording, okay, Bubba? Okay. Thanks. Bye. Love you. Okay, go to sleep. Koresh was alleged to have been involved in multiple is incidents of physical and sexual abuse of children. Gross. Uh, his doctrine of the house of David did lead to marriages with both married and single women in the Branch Davidians. The doctrine was... <laughs> oh, I just had an idea. Um, <laughs> this doctrine was based on purported revelation that involved the procreation of 24 chosen ch- 24 children by chosen women in the community. These children were to serve as the ruling elders of over the millennium after the return of Christ. These women... Uh, why do I gotta? I shouldn't just read this word for word, but pur- purportedly, yep. Chosen through this doctrine included at least one underage girl. Her name was Michelle Jones, who was the younger sister of Crush's legal wife Rachel, and the daughter of lifelong Branch Davidians Perry and Mary <laughs> Perry and Mary Bell Jones. Perry and Mary Bell. Perry Gross. and Mary. Gross. A six-month investigation of sexual abuse allegations by the Texas Child Protection Services in 92 failed to turn up any evidence, possibly because the Branch Davidians concealed the spiritual marriage of Koresh to Michelle, assigning a surrogate husband, David Thibodeau, to the girl for the sake of appearances. He's the guy who wrote that book that we mentioned earlier, plus I love saying Thibodeau. Regarding the allegations of physical abuse, the evidence is less certain in one widely reported incident Ex-members claim that Crush became irritated with the cries of his son of his son Cyrus, and spanked the child severely for several minutes on three consecutive visits to the child's bedroom. I don't know how old this child was at the time. In a second report, a man involved in a custody battle visited the Mount Carmel Center and vis- claimed to have seen the beating of a young boy with a stick. Oh. My goodness, that's awful. I don't even like. I'm all about, like, spanking your kids, because I think some of them absolutely need it, and there's some adults that need it, too, but, like, oh. but, yeah, beating him with a stick, that's just, ah, that's not needed. Finally, the FBI's justification for forcing an end to the 51-day standoff, whoa, what standoff? What there is this? a shoot, there is a big standoff in their big, um... oh, that's right, that's right. Um, was predicted on the charge that Koresh was abusing children inside the Mount Carmel Center. Allegations had been made that he had fathered children with underage girls in the Branch Davidians, because he did, in the hours that followed the deadly conflagration. Mommy. No. 
Um, Attorney General Janet Reno told report. Stop. Shh. We had specific information that babies were being beaten. Oh my God. However, FBI Director William Sessions publicly denied the charge and told reporters that they had no such information about child abuse inside the Mount Carmel Center. And there was a careful examination of the child abuse charges found the evidence to be weak and ambiguous, casting doubt on the allegations. That was a gross kiss. Sorry. Okay. Um, so. Excuse me, Mama. Yes, baby. I want a drink. I don't care. The allegations of child abuse largely stem from detractors and ex-members. The 1993 Justice Department reported um, a report report oh, sites. Be careful. You're going to spell. Uh, I know, babies. Uh, I lost my spot. Report cites allegations of child sexual and physical abuse. Legal scholars point out that the Bureau of Alcohol, Tobacco, and Firearms, ATF, had no legal jurisdiction in the matter of child protection, and these accounts appear to have been inserted by the ATF to inflame the case against Koresh. Put him away. For example, the account of former Branch Davidian Janine Buns is re reproduced in an ATF affidavit. Um, she claimed that Koresh had fathered at least 15 ch Gross. My child just took a drink of pop and then breathed in my face. Um, she, okay, so she claimed that he had fathered at least 15 children with various women and girls and that she had personally delivered seven of these infants. Oh, my God. Buns also claims that Crush would annul all marriages of couples who joined the group and had exclusive sexual access to the women and girls. Whew. I don't know why I said it like that. In his book, James Tabor stated that on a videotape that was sent out of the compound during the siege... Koresh acknowledged that he had fathered more than 12 children by several wives. On March 3rd, 1993, during negoti negotiations to secure the release of the remaining children, Koresh advised um, hostage, hostage negotiators that, quote, my children are different than those others, referring to his direct lineage versus those children who he had previously released. Because yeah. you remember, he thinks he's a descendant of King David. Um, so, the Waco siege began on February 28, 1993, when the ATF raided Mount Carmel Center. The ensuing gun battle resulted in the deaths of four ATF agents and six Branch Davidians. Shortly after the initial raid, the FBI hostage rescue team took command on the federal operation because the FBI had jurisdictions over incidents involving the deaths of federal agents. Whew, this is a lot. So, the negotiating team established contact with Koresh inside the compound. Communication over the next 51 days included telephone exchanges with various FBI negotiators. Koresh himself had been seriously injured by a gunshot, but he was still alive. Boo, lame. As the standoff continued, his closest male associates and he negotiated delays so that he could possibly write religious documents which he needed to complete before his surrender. Wow, that's priorities okay and then in between things sorry to interrupt you no do it he so when Stop talking with the negotiator noise. no more um and the no. reason this went on for so long is because they had proof that there were so many like children in there and that was their thing was to try to get the children and the women out oh um, we're titanicing it got it and um and he would crush would be like yes and then in the big okay so long story short he could he only let so many kids out which i think it was like 10 or 12 mm -hmm. in the beginning but they knew there was a lot more and they put they gave them like milk oh. um for the, the people that were in this compound or whatever right and um but on some of the milk they had microphones so they could hear what was going on in there 
But some of the things that Koresh demanded was that you need to stay like on this public radio because back then, obviously, they didn't have these podcasts and this, that, and the other. But he wanted um, specific sermons to be to be um, broadcasted Ugh. at a certain time. And then if they did that, then then yes, I'll let more children go or whatever. Well, he only let children go, I believe, one time. Oof. Um, and I think, and if you don't get into detail, I'll get into detail about what I watched. But like, dude was fucking crazy. And then he sent a video to the negotiator too, showing some of his kids that, uh-huh. he, that he claimed were his. And yeah, they varied in age. In age, and I thought so. Maybe my maybe my thought is absolutely wrong. I thought he fathered at least twenty four children. But well, this is just what he claimed. Okay. Is what I have. Um, let's keep just going. What I have. Okay, I, I can add tidbits at the end of that I That's remember fine. from the story. That'd be great. And I'm definitely going to go watch probably Waco all night tomorrow night. Um, so, um, yeah, no, he making, you know, negotiations to do these religious documents before he surrendered. Um, his conversations with the negotiators were dense and they also included biblical imagery. The FBI negotiators treated the situation as a hostage crisis as they should, because these children weren't, they weren't chose to be born. Like, Anyways, so the siege of Mount Carmel Center ended on April 19, 1993, when U.S. Attorney General Janet Reno approved recommendations of FBI officials to proceed with a final advance in which the Branch Davidians would be removed from the center by force. An attempt to flush Koresh out of stronghold, the FBI resorted to pumping CS gas into the compound with the aid of an M728 combat engineer vehicle, which was equipped with a battering ram. Jesus Christ. Yeah, wait till you see the videos. Oh, no. I'm not ready for this. No, wait. You Wait till you find out what he does. No. Okay. Yeah, I've I read ahead. <laughs> In the course of the advance, the Mount Carmel Center caught fire under the circumstances that are um, still disputed today. Barricaded inside the building, 79 Branch Davidians perished in the ensuing blaze. 21 of these victims were children under the mm-hmm. age of 16. Yeah. Oh, no. Please. According to the FBI, um, Steve Schneider, Koresh's right-hand man, was uh, who probably realized that he was dealing with a fraud, shot and killed Koresh, and then committed suicide with the same gun. Mm. A second account gave a totally different story. Koresh, who was then 33 years old, died of a gunshot wound to the head during the course of the fire. No one knows who killed him or if he killed himself. The medical examiner reported 20 people, including five children under the age of 14, I'm going to trigger warning this, so if you want to skip ahead just like 15 seconds, because this is pretty graphic and awful, and I would skip ahead if I was able to be warned. So, um, five children under the age of 14 had been shot, and a three-year-old child had been stabbed in the chest. Oh, my God. Um, he crushes buried at Memorial Park Cemetery in Tyler, Texas, in the Last Supper section. Um, several of his albums were released. Oh, he made music. Oh, he's Charlie Manson-esque. Mm-hmm. He's like Jim Jones meets Charlie Manson. Um, gross, gross, gross. Meets disgusting. Gross. Several, yeah, uh, including Voice of Fire in 94. In 2004, his 1968 Chevrolet, Chevrolet Camaro, which had been damaged during the raid, sold for $37,000 at an auction. Should have been put in, like, memory of those people is where that money should have went. Right. Um, it is now owned by Ghost Adventures host Zach Baggins. Shocking. <laughs> right. Timothy McVeigh and Terry Nichols cited the Waco siege as their motivation for the o- Oklahoma City bombing on 19 or April 19, 1995, which was time to coincide with the second anniversary of the Waco assault. Disgusting. Oh, I just saw a picture of him on a video I watched of 
people's last meals. Um, four documentary films have been made about the siege, including different versions of Waco, The Rules of Engagement, Waco, A New Revelation, Waco, The Big Lie, and Waco, Madman or Messiah. In 2018, BBC Radio 5 Live created a radio podcast titled End of Days, which is about the death and life of Krish, his involvement in the Waco siege, and the recruitment of people who lived in Nottingham, Manchester, and London into the Branch Davidians. The Court TV, now True TV, television series Mugshots released an episode on him. Crush is portrayed by Taylor Kitsch in the 2018 miniseries Waco, which is the one on Netflix, I'm pretty sure. And he was also one of the sources of inspiration used to create the fictional cult leader Joseph Seed in the 2018 action-adventure video game Far Cry 5. And in 2011, British indie rock band The Indelicates released a concept album called The David Crush Superstar about Crush and the Waco Siege. Gross. That's so gross. I heard a lot of people were, like, like raved about Taylor Kitsch's performance in Waco. They just said it was really great. One of the things I remember strongly was, okay, so some of the first children that were released... um, I didn't really go into that release part. Okay, so... You, well, when you watch the Netflix thing, you're going to be like, holy crap, I wish I would have watched this before I'd done the podcast episode because yeah. we'd have a lot more. But anyway. I should have. It's okay. Um, so there were two kids, a brother and a sister. The sister was a lot younger than the brother. Gotcha. And um, what the... Hold on, baby. What the... What they wanted to show yeah, the people on. inside, the people... Uh, the negotiators wanted to, these children to, to, to be aware that they're safe, that they're not going to... Because everybody in, in this this colony, let's call it a colony, well, whatever, right? This fucking cult. Yeah. They thought this was going to be awful and horrible things were going to happen to them. They they let them have, like, soda and candy. and I mean, and that kind of sounds silly when I think about it. I'm like, really? Soda and candy? Give that to the kids? Mm. Do you want some candy, little children? Or do you, you want know? some candy? But just trying to put them at ease and they, and they would call... I have games for you. ...into the... Colt, whatever, and talk to whomever would answer. There's, I can't remember the other dude's name, but there was, there was Crush and then some other dude that were like the head honcho type people. Okay, and, like, um, or like his right hand man and what? Basically, yeah. So the, that that other dude was these two kiddos' dad. Okay. Heart wrenching. Okay. No. They talk about saying goodbye. Oh fuck. To them and and the little daughter, she was like I don't know I think she was like six or something when she was released. I think the son was like eleven or twelve. But they recall saying goodbye like that. Are you are you being treated okay? Yeah, daddy. They they gave us this that and the other and the, and little girl's sobbing as she's talking about the memory and then and they play the recording to her oh. of what it, of that day and and her conversation with her dad and stuff like that. And she's like I didn't know it then, but I. You know, yeah. he was saying goodbye to me, and like, so, sorry, that's just a weird tidbit, but like, so, so only some of the kids were, as as mentioned, as you had mentioned, were released. He kept promising more kids would be released, but yeah. then he kept wanting more and more. So the negotiators are trying to work with him, and you know, fifty nine, fifty one days, however long. Fifty one, yeah. Uh, that's what was pissing off the military. Right. Because they're like, we don't fuck this. Basically, this is a terrorist. We don't negotiate with terrorists. But he's like, there are women and children in there, right? Knowing, I've seen video, and they even tried to reach out as parents being like, look, this is a picture of my son to Koresh. Yeah. Being like, I I get it. You know, how about we. But he didn't care. Let's get them out. 
Koresh even told his flock of seagulls, <laughs> um, I love that. I will, we will let these kids go. Like, knowing the end, like, as, as the 51 days got closer to 51 days or whatever. Right, as the end was near. Uh, yes. Um, I will, we will let more people go. We, and, like, so they thought that was going to happen. It was when the tear gas went in, people were like, let's go, Crash. Like, let's, let's go. And he was very adamantly, no. Uh-uh. It, it's not happening. And one of the... One of the interviewers or whatever, another guy, I don't remember, but um, basically all the kids and all the little kids were in one room in an attic type place and um, you could hear their screams. Oh my God, no. Right. No. So one of the, or the main negotiator guy or whatever, when that happened, when the government decided we're, we're going in, we're... Is this all on the Netflix? Movie? Yes, yes, yes. Okay, yes, yes. This so is, they, this is all the information. So, they, this is so he just okay. Taylor Kitsch just portrays him in the obviously because he can't now because he's dead. Thank God. Right. But so okay. the the negotiator went around oh, back know, knowing where these me. these kiddos would be and and women or whatever, mm-hmm. um, assuming women and kiddos together, just hoping and praying that he would see. No. Hear tear, you know, crying yeah, or something. Find s- some survivors that maybe Koresh has been like, let's get out. And, they, and there wasn't. Oh my god. It's freaking awful. It is a really, really... You guys should watch it, the Waco. Uh, or just it's just called, called Waco, Waco on, Netflix. on Netflix. It is phenomenal. Like, there, there's so much more detail in it. And interviews from, from children who are involved. Interviews from people who did survive. There's one gentleman who sounds like he's still on Crush's side, which I'm like, you are crazy. Um, that's, just, talking, that's how they do it, though. Right? They brainwash. 100%. Because like, yeah. I was watching a show on Charlie Manson. I was almost late to work because then Ted Bundy came on afterwards. But it, it, <laughs> focused, it honed in on the Sharon Tate murder, which is what caught them. Yes, yes, yes. Essentially, which was just awful. And the girl who portrayed her was just as beautiful as mm-hmm. actual Sharon Tate. And that, it just ruined me. She's like, just let my baby live. I'm like, <laughs> as a pri- I, I was sobbing. Right, 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 right. And then my kid's sitting here playing a sniper game, but it's fine. But yeah, I just... But yeah, so yours didn't go into... As, so there was a standoff for 51 days outside trying to be, let's get, let's get these kids to safety. Let's work this out. And he was just so adamantly not, but nothing had harmful... They in the documentary. I wasn't aware of all the raping and this evil stuff. Like yeah. I, they didn't talk about his life beforehand. His him being a a child of a fourteen year old. Yeah. None of that. And if it was somehow, I bypassed it. I don't know. So if right. I'm wrong, and they did discuss that, I don't recall that part. But right. um, it did mention him fathering a whole lot of kids. And for whatever yeah. reason, twenty three or twenty four stays in my head. I'm I could be totally off in that. But it, it, could, it, could, it could be, be less. Right. It could be more. Um, well, yeah, because he only said 13, and another person said no. It was, it was at least 20, so who knows? Right. And who God knows, he may not have known how many kids he had. Yes. and You're and, sitting here trying to, oh. But not aware that he had, which it makes sense now when I think back about the documentary, mm-hmm. um, this infatuation with younger, that may, yeah. I mean, unfortunately, cults aren't great anyway, but that usually is what tends to happen yep. when you get these especially when that's what you grew up watching mm-hmm. like and that's what you're like that's what you're told probably we don't do this. okay we don't oh. you don't have enough money for that you already bought everything but yeah i just ah you tickled me <laughs> but it's crazy definitely watch that netflix thing yeah. um it's way more detailed than obviously well, oh, I mean, oh, no, this is detail this is more like 
a synopsis. This is like a summary. This is like your cliff notes. Yeah. Basically, the, this, the, the show goes into this very deep, especially because you're talking with the... The, the military people who helped the guy who were there the guy who made the commands about we're going in Ugh. and the guy who to did make those the, decisions and knowing mm-hmm. that, that and then you, and then the guy who was doing the negotiating Ugh. and how they kept butting heads because he's like that is not fair that's i just told him this thing and you're doing this opposite thing so now we've just stepped back 20 steps when we just got three steps ahead you yeah. know Oof. and they're like those fucking steps aren't shit i don't like it so we're doing this and so it's it's tough and I can't even imagine being a negotiator. The military guy, I get it. You're going to be strict. You're going to be... He just... I know he's doing his job. Right. For God sure. bless him for that. But fuck, he's a bit of an asshole. Sorry, Arlo. I know you're in the room. But like... He's totally he's he's, he's he's a... A nightmare. But I mean, I, it's militant. So yeah. it is what it is. Oh, but like, okay. Yeah. It's just... kind of like... You... I mean, are you, you've got to bend a little. I, I understand you feel like these people are terrorists, but not all of them. They're They're... They're being terrorized. These these innocent, if you will, people are being yes. terrorized by this one person in particular. That's our enemy, not this whole community of people. Yes, and that's the negotiator was trying so like dirty, let's. Mommy. But he was like, sorry, nope, 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 nope. And, yeah. Uh, so I mean, and and but fifty one days in the standoff oh, is like that's a long time. Toledo. That's what three months almost. But that w- there were still survivors. There were still people. And they were, ho- I mean, and, and, you know, Too that's much. kind of like, I, that part was hard for me. I'm like, 51 days is a long ass time. Like, that's ridiculous to still be negotiating. It's finally like when you, I can get it, throw up your hands and be like, sorry, you're not doing what you said you're going to do. We're done. But he, his thing was, I'm a father. There are children in there. There are innocent people. We need to get them out. Like so he a was, majority of them. It sounded like a majority of them were children. Like. There, there, I don't, there know. Were, I don't know how many adults. I don't recall, but th- there were a lot of children in there, one hundred percent. Well, then, but well like, some of them probably came in as teens because they're like, "Oh, these long lost souls. I need somewhere to." Well, yeah, this cult was in. around for a while. Well, I yeah. Mean, so, because those two kids that I mentioned, they had, were raised in it. Mm-hmm. They, they don't. Yeah, uh, that I was believe their the life. son too. I believe born in it. I, yep. So that's just um, what they knew. Yeah, but both you know, mom and dad then died because of. Yeah, this douche nozzle and yep, that's just yesterday. More of a background on well, not a lot of background on him. Just yeah, but so so more details and more. Yeah, if you want to deep dive into it, yeah, there's well, like I I said, there was like three or four different several documentaries Mm -hmm. opposite opposites opposites. I don't know why I went British with that. Okay, (laughs) how are you, K listeners? Like, bye. (laughs) <laughs> oh man that because my dad is, was like you need to cover him you need to cover him and i'm like okay i'll look into it because i'm like that's a pretty he's i feel like that's one of the heavy hitters yeah kind of like right up there with jim jones and yeah. the manson family and i know there's a few other cults that are out there um and i don't typically like lean into people like that but I don't know. This one was actually kind of fascinating to read about, and now I'm definitely probably gonna watch. Yes, please do. We go. <laughs> or I should have watched it first. But we could do, even do maybe. Uh, why can't I think of what? Or, uh, like the, a follow up kind, yeah, kind of thing. Yeah, kind of like more detailed thing. So maybe that might be what next week's is after I, you know, look more into it. But yeah, so I'm. Um, if you guys know anything about Waco, if you're from Texas, I know. Um, I don't know if we have listeners in Waco. I haven't looked recently. I keep trying to get. Um, 
Delaware, Connecticut, and Montana and Wyoming listeners. <laughs> We're still just fort the sh- fort. Short those four states. I believe they'll come along. Yeah. Okay. My uh, my coworker's going to be going um, up near Delaware and around when I'm supposed to give birth. And I'm like, hey, go to Delaware and tell them to listen to my podcast. I just need, like, one person. <laughs> one. I'm like, I'll, I'll send you with a bracelet. Like, uh, maybe we'll have more by, you know, August. Who knows? <laughs> we're making our way in the world. Um, no, I, I still, it still blows my mind that we're in, oh, now it makes sense. 44 countries for 44 episodes. Hey, Hey-o. thanks again. We love all of you. And yes. I like, I, every time I get a new one, I screenshot it and I send it to Shauna and then I post it everywhere. Yes, yes, yes. And it, I love it. So um, does she. 100%. Yeah. I freak yeah. out. I'm mm-hmm. like, oh my God. And it's usually, it's funny because it always usually hit, it, I, people, other people from other countries may be like, I'm here and I'm listening because it, it only registers once you've, um, listened I think to a certain amount of an episode is when it finally registers oh, really? through anchor. Okay. So, cause my one friend, um, from the two twenty somethings podcast, he's in Brazil and I was like, holy crap. I was like, ah, oh, Brazil, we, and then, um, he's like, yeah, I'm in Brazil. I just started listening. So, I mean, with him, it happened really fast. So I just, it just depends on when it registers through anchor, but, um, eventually we may branch out and use a different platform, but right now anchor is where it's at. I understand it. It doesn't scare me. Editing's really simple on it. <laughs> That's why I like it. It's easy to break up the episodes, add in ads, add in my, I add a, uh, what is it? Uh, promo for any and all my podcast friends, I always add one at the end of our episodes because I don't think I have any of our friend. Oh, except Stolen from Me. That's one of our other true crime pals. But the other people are, one of them's like about um, like life advice. One's a, he's a Kino genius. He's like really good with numbers. He can help you win on Kino. Holy Toledo. Yeah. Okay. He's literally called King of Kino. And he's like the nicest person. He's one of the people who helped us out when I got all my shit jacked. Hey, thank you. Yeah. Yeah. I, I don't know if his name is Pharaoh. Pharaoh? Pharaoh. Like Egypt. Right. But he's such a cool dude and he always checks in and live with Big Bro. He's <laughs> so freaking awesome too. Like all my podcast fam. You guys are the bomb. We love, love you. you so much. If you are brand new and listening to this episode for the first time in your life, because um, I figured that out. Well, that's I'm sure actually you're listening to this episode for the first time. But Well, <laughs> if this is what, if you found this and this is what you're listening to... You can follow us on social media. Um, our Facebook and Instagram is just Bloody Babbles Podcast. Twitter is at Bloody Babbles. You can send us a Gmail at Bloody Babbles Podcast at gmail.com. Um, um, and we're yeah. going to be working on Patreon because, like I said, we do a lot of snippets that we just do our, um, as we call them, testies. Mm-hmm. Me and Kelly started <coughs> calling it that. Excuse me. When we want to test out and make sure the sound is working. I. Um, ate pizza and now I have to keep burping um but yes so that is the wild but not enough just go look up more about Waco if you if you want to learn more definitely go watch that series there's a whole bunch of docu docu series on it on um, YouTube and videos and things with interviews from different people so go definitely check that out um our intro music is Fantasy and World Music by The Fighter. So if you're on YouTube, go check out those homies because they're the bee's knees. Fantastic. And um, until next week, my beautiful Babylonians. Babylon! Babylon! Hello, Twisted Humans. This is the podcast where two best friends chat true crime and have a glass or two of wine. I'm Alicia. And I'm Caitlin. And this is Twisted, Twisted and Uncorked. 
So join us every week for Casual Tuesdays, where we release a new episode. We are now available on all platforms, including Spotify, Apple Podcasts, and Google Play. Rate, review, and subscribe. Cheers! Cheers!